I think Zoom is just like a net energy detractor. Yeah. 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 And also, could you imagine if you were hanging out with people and there was like a mirror in front of your face at all times oh that you could like just watch what you look like? That's my nightmare. The whole time. It's kind of how it is at Bright Moments because we always have cameras on. So I feel like I always end up seeing a video like two weeks later of a, some highly produced video. I was like, was, were we recording that? Was that like we? I just saw the I just saw the hundred <laughs> print video and there's like a a shot of I think I'm talking in a beal or something. We're looking at something on the wall, um, and I'm just like, oh my god, like. I don't know, seeing myself or it's like when you hear your voice on a recording and you're like, please make it stop. (laughs) (laughs) The trick is to just accepting it deep down Mm -hmm. in your heart that at all times you do look weird. Right. Okay. That's my strategy. All right. Well, welcome to everybody who's coming into the room. My name is Blue Moon. I'm a part of the Crypto Citizens community, and I've been working with Phil Brocker and Amicia on staking with Crypto Citizens. So I'm here to facilitate the discussion around staking, and uh, we're going to talk about how staking might happen with Crypto Citizens. Was that a spoiler? I don't know. <laughs> and and then at the end, we're going to answer some any questions that you might have. So let's just like start with the basics. Um, Brocker, I think this is maybe a question for you. What is staking? So traditionally, um, how most NFT staking projects work is it's custodial. You interact with a smart contract and either put your NFT in escrow, which earns you rewards, or it's non-custodial where your NFT is passively earning tokens um, the entire time that you hold it. Um, that rate is variable depending on different projects. Cyberkongs do it differently. Kaiju Kings do it differently. Um, so we're going to kind of go into how we've been thinking about doing it and how to incentivize the community, crypto citizen community um, in that way. Cool. And how did the, and this is a question for anybody, how did the idea of bringing up staking come up for the crypto citizens community? Like, why did you think that this was something that we needed? So I think the key incentivization mechanisms that we want to really drive is like on-chain actions that are actually participatory. So uh, people actually doing things on-chain rather than just simply holding an NFT and getting rewards. That's kind of played out. I've seen that done with a ton of different projects. Um, How we're kind of thinking about this um, is the most recent drop that we did, for example, uh, the London collection drop. There's some mechanics of that that we're working through and iterating through. And originally, this started in Berlin, I think. Um, we really got hip to this idea. And with all the generative artists that we work with, et cetera, uh, we wanted to kind of make the whole ecosystem more accessible for citizen holders and holders of the different Bright Moments generative art collections that we work with. Um, and that was kind of the core driver uh, behind starting this talk and getting the community's input. Yeah. And, and we've, so we've kind of got a, an interesting history with. ERC-20 tokens. So as, as a little bit of Bright Moments trivia, when we started uh, as a DAO, we started with these BRT tokens, which were 10 million ERC-20 tokens that we gave away to people who helped out with the gallery last summer when we were just kind of getting started, a volunteer organization. And we moved towards an NFT model because I think it fit you know, the ethos of Bright Moments better and, and kind of this membership style. But there are things that ERC-20 tokens are good at and there are things that ERC-721 or NFTs are good at. And you know, staking has come up a few times in our community. One of the first times it came up was in conversations with Patrick and Began here in Venice. You know, I, we were kind of brainstorming on a whiteboard about six months ago before Berlin. And even though we knew we couldn't get to it until after Berlin, it's been something that's on the back 
of our mind. And then, you know, in our community, we've had a couple of times, you, you can look on our governance forum, our community members have brought it up where, you know, they point at other projects and they say, you know, it seems like crypto citizens are really well suited to this because we have sort of access to generative artists within our ecosystem that a staking or reward system lends itself to. But, it, you know, I think as we've reached city five and we now have 4,000 citizens, one of the nice things about having a benefits program or award system is you can make it really clear what the community values. Like with 4,000 people, it's impossible to get in touch with everyone. We've kind of reached that tipping point where like we don't know every citizen by name anymore. And so it gets really hard to set sort of direction for a community, but having a benefit system makes it really clear where it's like, oh, these are the things that as a group we find valuable and we can kind of reward them with a you know, token that is doesn't need to be kind of awarded top down. And so it creates a really clear path of, oh, if I'm in bright moments and I want to receive a reward token, here are the things that I do. And these are the things that are unique to bright moments. It's a way of telling people what the community values without needing to explicitly have a conversation with 4,000 individual people. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in summation, it's pretty much like three main points, which is being able to provide benefits to our long-term holders and supporters, encouraging people to interact with their crypto citizens more, and creating that reward system that further connects the Bright Moments ecosystem to the crypto citizens. Nice, nice. Okay, and then I just kind of want to back it up and just tell me if I got this right. So you mentioned ERC-721 tokens and ERC-7 ERC-20 tokens. And my understanding is that ERC-721 tokens are the non-fungible tokens. So those are NFTs. Those These are like, um, you know, pictures of crypto citizens. They're, it doesn't make sense to split them up. But an ERC-20 token is a fungible token. So that's like um, like a, a, a coin where, or like, you know, uh, cryptocurrency where you can split it up into like smaller and smaller denominations. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Okay, so, um, all right, that's cool, that's cool. Um, Now, who is going to be eligible for crypto citizen staking? So this is one of the main points that we wanted to talk through and engage the community about. Um, We're going to open this up for questions. Overall, I think the high-level goal is to provide benefits to long-term holders in a tangible way to see how long people have held for and how many citizens they own and find a way to benefit those collectors for collecting each city and encourage people to interact with their citizens more and create more of an online experience on top of the IRL experience so that by being in this ecosystem, you can extend this reward mechanism to any of the future drops that we do, etc. So currently how we're thinking about it is crypto citizens will not only be generating rewards from this and also actionable events such as voting or um, delegating or etc. as well as potentially the other generative art that we um, do with Bright Moments. So all of the Berlin collection artists, all of the London collection artists, starting from the first like Genesis NFT that we did, uh, Jeff Davis Portal, almost a year ago, and incorporating all of those into this ecosystem in like a very concise way. Bright Moments, this is something that we've talked about a lot internally. And what is the relationship between Bright Moments, generative art, and the crypto citizens? And the thing that's become really clear to us since Berlin 
is crypto citizens are members of Bright Moments. They are the members of Bright Moments Generative Art Club. They are generative art lovers. They are people that want to participate in this new economy. But you can still interact with Bright Moments without having a crypto citizen, right? And so this rewards program is a way to allow crypto citizens ways to earn tokens that are limited to crypto citizens. But there are also opportunities for people who, you know, maybe they don't want a crypto citizen or it's a little bit out of their price range, but they still want to collect some amazing generative art from within the Bright Moments artist ecosystem. And they can earn rewards by doing that. Um, the, The mental model that I have for this is like when you use a credit card or when you buy a flight through an airline, when you make a purchase, you can earn points by doing that. And you're not making the purchases so you can earn points. I mean, there are some people that get really crazy about this, but like in most cases, you're going about your daily life, you're doing the things that you want to do anyway. And as a nice benefit of being part of Delta Sky Miles or American Express Platinum, you earn points that you can use later on. And this is pretty similar, right? You can earn rewards by doing things within the Bright Moments ecosystem. Having a crypto citizen gives you access to other ways to earn that are not available to people that don't have one. I'll use voting as an example. And then we want to allow you to turn around and use those rewards for things within Bright Moments. You know, one example I'll give is airdrops. Um, We do a lot of giveaways for our members and right now the way it works is if you have a crypto citizen you can enter in the giveaway and you're kind of incentivized to enter every giveaway you can right like there's no downside to entering and if you miss one you know you you might potentially miss out on a drop but what this ends up happening is people enter into giveaways for artists that they maybe they like but they're not super passionate about and having a reward system could allow us to say you know what maybe you want to save up And instead of entering every giveaway, you're going to wait for the artists that you really love and spend your rewards on having the maximum chance of winning something from them. Uh, And so that's kind of one thing that's been missing. I think we also saw during the London collection drop, we had a lot of people that were really interested in being you know, eligible to buy a mint pass, but there was no way to move up in line. And having a reward system would allow people to say, you know what, I'm willing to spend X ERC20 tokens to make sure that I'm guaranteed a minting spot or to move up in line. And it's, it's a currency that is used just within the Bright Moments ecosystem and it's earned by doing things that the Bright Moments community thinks are valuable. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you guys are just trying to solve some of the hardest questions using, you know, the um, the staking solution and just kind of talking through and also just engaging with the community. So um, if you guys are joining us, just joining us, we're talking about staking with crypto citizens and we're just going over some of the basics right now. And in just a bit, we're going to open up the floor for some questions because I'm sure you guys have lots of questions. So now, which tokens do you think are are going to be eligible on the platform? Yeah, Nick, I know, I know we've talked about this a little bit, maybe talk through what you're thinking yeah so the way i'm currently thinking about this and we've talked internally about this is first and foremost this is going to be a crypto citizens focused um staking platform all of your crypto citizens will be earning rewards based on um the last time you have redeemed the token id and on a high level uh this could include all crypto citizens as well as all the generative artists um, and collection artists that we've worked with in the past for example the berlin collection london collection etc so currently it would be those nfts so all the berlin artist collection as well as the previous ones that we have done as well as all the current and future crypto citizen cities okay so it's going to be just like a crypto citizen party let's go (laughs) so 
now I'm thinking, all right, I have my crypto citizen. I want to stake it. Where can I go to stake it? And um, what what do you think that process is going to look like? So first and foremost, I really um, want to emphasize that this would be non-custodial. Um, and I like that model way better than having a custodial staking mechanism. For those of you that are not uh, know what that is, basically custodial would mean that you send your actual NFT to a smart contract in escrow. Uh, and it's basically held in that contract and is accruing rewards in that contract. That is what we do not want to do, I think, with this. Um, we want to have it non-custodial so that you're free to do as you will with your NFT at any time, which I think is in line with like blockchain ethos and all that kind of stuff. So first and foremost, it would be a non-custodial staking mechanism where all of your NFTs are basically tied to a um, reward multiplier, depending on how long you have held that NFT for. And it will all be encompassed in the portal um, that we have rolled out. So if you try to participate or did participate in the most recent London artist collection drop, it would all be under that same hub. So you would go to portal.brightmoments uh, whenever we roll this out, and that's where this would all occur. So it's going to be kind of like um, a retreat for the, or like spa day for the uh, <laughs> crypto citizens. Living their best life in the metaverse. Yeah. Yes, so, let's go. So that's another um, like main, I think, point that we would want to talk about. We've played around with the idea of like maybe sending your citizens to work or do different tasks to earn variable uh, ERC-20 tokens, um, depending on what task you've assigned that citizen to do for that week or month or whatever it is. That would be one way. Alternatively, it could just be some type of flat reward multiplier, depending on either a citizen or generative artist or whatever the case may be. Um, so those are the two kind of main ways that we've been thinking about it. Yeah, and it's worth just like emphasizing the purpose of holding this space, and we're going to do more of these, is to include the community in these discussions. So the things we're talking about are not in the final stage, and we're just turning around and telling you the way that it's going to be. We're trying to explain to you the problems that we want to solve, that we've seen in the ecosystem, and gather input along the way. Um, I think there's some things that we feel very strongly principled about, as you know, Brocker mentioned, having a non-custodial system, uh, rewarding people for participating throughout the entire Bright Moments ecosystem, not just for crypto citizens, but also other generative artists. But then there's like some specific details that we want to talk with people about. For example, you know, should you earn rewards just for holding? Uh, I think we've seen this model with a lot of financial-oriented projects. Is it right for NFTs? Or should you have to take a specific on-chain action like minting or voting you know, in order to earn ERC-20 tokens? And then what are the demand use cases? What are these tokens used for? Right. Something I feel strongly about is you, you shouldn't be able to buy art with these tokens. Um, it's a difficult pitch to make to our artists where they're like, hey, you know, instead of uh, getting one ETH for your NFT drop, they're going to give you 100, you know, citizen tokens. Like that, that's a difficult pitch, but you can use them for things like getting preferential access or being able to have more of a chance of winning an airdrop. And so we're trying to start with like, you know, what is the MVP for this benefits program? Understanding that it's really easy to add things over time, but it's hard to take things away once they're rolled out. Uh, and I'd love to hear from others in the chat. I know there's some back and forth in the crypto citizen channel about whether or not staking is right for bright moments. I think there's some much understood skepticism based on other projects that have kind of rolled this out in a way that feels not really aligned with the values. We want to make sure that we're doing community-driven development here rather than turning around and telling you the way that it's already been decided. I can just say for myself as a 
crypto citizen as a community member i do really appreciate the way that you guys are really valuing community input in this entire process actually and i think that the more that people are willing to engage in the discourse and add what they think even if they're just like cool with whatever i think that you know we have a greater probability of success and yeah it's just a really cool project and i I just would love how you guys are responding to the community but yeah, so then do you guys have anything else that you wanted to say about the portal? Like any ideas of, about maybe what it might look like or different ways that you can interact with the crypto citizens or with the art or anything? I think for this uh, particular space, we should focus on the reward mechanisms. Um, and then the next Twitter space we'll be holding will be more about the interface and how it looks, what you can kind of do on it. I think having a focused discussion on the reward mechanisms, how the community feels about that, getting a temp check is the number one thing I think we should focus on. Yeah. Got you. Essentially getting feedback on like how, you know, the citizen coin would be earned and what kind of behavior should be rewarded and what that that citizen coin can be used for is pretty much what we're looking for. Some input on from the community right now. Yeah. And maybe as a maybe right. as a prompt, um, I'm curious to hear people's opinions on this question. Um, should minting in person earn you more rewards than minting remotely? I think it's kind of a spicy topic, and I'm curious to hear different sides of it. Um, let's assume for a moment that it will. There, there is some type of reward, and we kind of discuss about whether or not that will exist. But like, assuming that there is a reward for minting, should being in person give you more of a bonus than doing it remotely or through a delegate? That's a great question, and so I think actually it's a really good time to open up the floor to anybody who wants to come up to the stage and ask a question. And while we're waiting for people to come up there, I actually have a couple of my own questions. So, um, so we know that crypto venetians were minted a long time ago and londoners are going to be minting in july and you guys mentioned something about how tokens that are held longer are going to possibly get rewarded more so does that mean that crypto venetian holders are going to have like a greater multiplier than for example crypto londoners or for any other city that's going to be up in the future We've definitely thought a lot about this. I think that doing some type of retroactive multiplier for Venetians is definitely something that I've wanted to do. But I think to do it the right way, I think starting that like Genesis timestamp from the end of the Venetians rather than the first one might be preferable so that everyone is kind of on the same playing field. But I think... I would love to hear the community members' input on that, um, just to see what they're thinking. Because I think if we did it from the very first, you know, Genesis Venetian, it would kind of give the wrong impression. Um, rather than doing it at the end of the Venetian collection or starting the staking rewards for, say, the London citizens uh, at the end of London, rather than the first one, um, to kind of level out the playing field a little bit um that's kind of how we've been thinking about it but again would love the community members input on that yeah and brocker and i have different opinions on this i i feel very strongly principled that like just holding crypto citizens should not earn tokens i I think there is some benefit to be made for that for other projects i think for crypto citizens it's slightly different like just holding an nft isn't providing value to the ecosystem you can make an argument that like it takes supply off the market and so it raises the floor price but that to me feels like kind of like an egghead comment 
and like it, it doesn't really resonate with me from an emotional standpoint. I think the things that benefit our ecosystem are like supporting artists, it's minting, it's voting. And this is one of those places where I mentioned we don't have it all figured out. Like this is an area where I think internally we, we definitely are still trying to uh, determine what the best model is. Yeah, I just welcomed Federico up to the stage here. He has been a crypto citizen holder and he also has participated in a project spotlight with us and he's a really active community member so i'm curious to hear his thoughts about what we're talking Welcome about up. yeah this is a uh, pretty exciting gmgm GM, everybody hey. um i actually you know love the idea of uh of you know having you know our own uh crypto citizen token you know one thing that you know i would like to see is 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 for us you know as a community to take our time and not rush it i mean you see a lot of projects that rush through this uh processes you know they end up with uh you know extra you know like weight you know you're you're putting weight on the blockchain with uh, no liquidity or 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 no utility so you know i would definitely uh want to see this this you know this process to kind of just you know mature and and uh and and takes its its course, you know, in the best way possible. So you know, we have a token that you know that you know it's sustainable and, and it could you know outlast our our own selves, you know, because you know it will be in the blockchain. Mm-hmm. I I love the idea of uh, of possibly like uh, you know working uh, those tokens into into the to the art component. You know, maybe you know with with the bright uh, moments token, maybe even giving you know discounts to holders. You know, in uh, in you know the buying of art, or maybe getting special you know airdrops. Regarding uh, the allocation of it, I think the board Ape yacht club like uh, community set up a good uh, precedent with that, and and you know so far it's been the most successful you know token that I've seen out there. I think, uh, you know, they've rewarded, you know, the holders pretty much around the same, you know, regarding like maybe, yeah, you could do like Venice, New York, Berlin, like each branch maybe could be something. But I think like going to like, you know, time timestamps, I mean, I think it's a little neurotic. Mm. I think, uh, you know, like at this point, some of the early people have left and you know we have a a lot of newcomers that are very active so you know i think we also have to consider that when we're you know going to reward our community and yeah i think that's those are my uh my 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 uh my thoughts and regarding the minting uh the question that phil uh kind of asked to everybody i think a bonus in 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 minting in live is a good idea i think uh you know it'll incentivize you know the community to travel more and to meet other community members all over the world and and you know i think it's a it will be a positive thing. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Frederico. I'm I'm looking at the Board Ape Yacht Club allocation right now. So the way the Board Apes did it is they basically made a fixed supply of a billion tokens, and then they split those tokens. You can imagine a pie chart into different segments. And so 62% is reserved for the community. 16% is for the core team. 14% is for launch contributors, which is a fancy way of saying investors. And then 8% is for the founders. And, you know, so like this is definitely one model which works. Um, Another way to consider it is like you only generate tokens when actions on chain happen and you don't have a capped supply. So rather than saying up front, we're going to generate a billion tokens and then give them out this way, you start with zero tokens and maybe you you know you go back and you figure out the math for you know how many 
crypto citizens have been minted or how many votes have happened, but you you don't start from some fixed number and work backwards. You allow new tokens to be minted over time as actions are taken. So that, that's another way to do it. I'm I'm curious. Blumen, I see you have your hand up. Yeah, on that note, like, does it make sense then that when you, you know, use your tokens to, you know, um, get priority access to a mint list or something, that are those tokens burned then and then, you know, or because then the supply doesn't really matter as much, right? Because you're just like, the tokens go to whoever earns them. And then once they're used, they're out of the supply. That's my preference, honestly. I like, rather than having some treasury that holds a billion tokens and gives them out, my thought on the Web3 way to do this is there's a some smart contract that it's pre-programmed in and maybe there's variables that are controlled by the community, but it only produces tokens based on certain things. And then once you use the tokens, they're taken out of supply. I think long-term, you want the token to be somewhat uh, inflationary. Like you want people to spend this thing and not hoard it or hold on to it. You know, for different cryptocurrencies like base currencies, maybe you don't want it to be inflationary. I think the Bitcoin crowd is, they feel pretty principled about it being a deflationary currency. But for this thing, it's like, yeah, you want people to spend these tokens. You want them to participate in the ecosystem. Um, I think they should be burned. That's my two cents or two citizen coins, whatever you want to say. Hey, going back to the Board Ape thing for a second, there were other dynamics around the Board Ape coin release and the and the land sale, you know, that created a specific drive to purchase, mm-hmm. right, those NFTs around that event. I think we don't want to fall into that trap of like, hey, let's get everyone to just buy citizens, right? It's it's a different dynamic there going on. So that's important to can you to keep can you speak there. a little bit more about how the Ape Coin was used? What was the first demand side use case for Ape Coin? Was it buying land plots? Well, no, it was. I mean, that was the speculation. Right. I, I'm not I'm not the board ape air drop expert, but uh, right. So there was certain allocations of ape coin based on if you had a board ape, if you had a mutant ape, if you had a combination of like, a, you know, a kennel or, a, you know, it, there were there were different you know buckets of reward. But it wasn't timestamp going backwards. It was just who was holding it at that mm. time. So you remember there was that arbitrage transaction where, you know, there were some apes in like a lending pool and someone flash botted those apes out, stripped the coins and then just put them back into the pool. Right. Which was brilliant. But, you know, I don't think we want to fall into that sort of financialization of our coins. Right. Those are not incentive based or action based. They're just who's holding something at a time at any any given time, right? Yeah, that's a great point. Also, I think the very first thing you could do with ApeCoin was buy merch. And I think some people ended up buying merch that ended up with their ApeCoin before we knew like what, like how much it was actually worth. And it was like a thousand dollar hoodie or something like that. I heard something about that. But yeah, I do like, I love the idea actually of being able to earn the citizen token through like engagement, maybe with putting out a DAO, maybe putting out a DAO proposal Maybe you could earn some uh, token or definitely, certainly through voting. I think that that's really cool. Um, I want to say GM to MaxYZ. Hello, did you have a question for us? Hello, hello. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to kind of give my two cents. Um, I was definitely one of the contrarian opinions on the token at first. Um, I kind of voiced my skepticism, but happy I came here and am listening to everything. So yeah, just wanted to share a couple thoughts. Yeah, come uh, share away. Awesome. Yeah. So first off, I think like around incentives, like staking, on-chain actions, those type of things are the way to earn tokens. I don't necessarily think holding does all that much to signal you're a community member. 
um, long-term and very passionate. Second, I think in no way, shape, or form should an ERC-20 token or the presumed citizen token kind of mix up the objectives of the project, right? Um, incentivizing minting IRL is great. Um, I think that has some pretty substantial benefits and like is a differentiating factor. Like I've minted in Venice, New York, and Berlin so far Woo! and like made connections, friends, travel experience, all these different things at each place. And I could genuinely say that is more valuable than any monetary reward so far. So I don't want to see that be kind of shunned from the project. I think that should remain a focus. Last thing here is that I wouldn't want kind of a an ERC-20 price or having it worth more impact kind of the core team in their operations. Like let them build, let them buy the best space and make the best in real life opportunity for members. There's no reason, in my opinion, that the ERC-20 token uh, takes priority over that. Those are kind of my initial thoughts. I'm excited and think it's actually quite a cool opportunity, especially it seems like it's a relatively low supply. It's cool and it'll be kind of fun to experiment with pre-sale opportunities, whether, for instance, that mint pass, you you could find a way to, to bump your spot in line there. I don't know, but I'm excited and we'll definitely be joining more conversations. Um, initial thoughts there. Thanks, Max. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that input. I One of the key takeaways from that is I think you are agreed with phil on the fact that just holding should not generate rewards for me like i'm i participate in a lot of other you know nft projects kaijus genesis kongs all those kind of projects where just by holding you are generating rewards i definitely see the sentiment of just holding doesn't necessarily mean you're an active community member i think that's why the like actual on-chain actions like minting in person or voting etc should be higher greatly higher weighted than just holding but i feel like one of the best things about just holding an nft and accruing rewards is the fact that you you know don't really have to do much and you're still incentivized just by holding which i think is reflexive of floor price etc um just curious of your guys thoughts on that you and phil well so let me give you let me give you like my my, uh, just base example, right? Like, why do NFT projects reward you for holding? It's because they are copying what legacy, like, web to bank accounts do. And what do they do? They give you APR. And the reason that you earn APR in a bank account is because the bank takes your money, they hold it, and then they go make trades on it. And they give you some percentage of the upside. And with NFTs, by staking your token, like the core team or the DAO is not getting value out of that. And so there's no percentage to give you because it's not like we're taking your citizen, turning around and then making a feature length film with it and giving you some cut, right? Like this, you know, it's, it's not a fungible token or a currency that we're earning money on the float on. And so giving you tokens just for holding is essentially like diluting the supply because there's no value creation activity. And I think, yes, there are some NFT projects that do this, but I'm not entirely convinced that they've thought about it from first principles. And I think they're just copying what ERC-20 projects have done, who themselves are copying what traditional financial institutions have done. So like, you know, I, I may, like I'm, I'm open to talking about it and I, like, I think it's a healthy debate and Brock or you and I will probably go back and forth on this for a long time. But that's my like, you know, I'm just thinking about this objectively and I'm not sure where that value would come from like one of my principles here is we should only generate tokens if it's tied to some value creation activity and i don't know what value is being created by holding the nft if someone that gives me a convincing answer to that that would be 
like a great start. Well, my take on why a lot of um, projects are, you know, rolling out staking is because they want to take, they want to incentivize taking the NFTs out of the market. And so that would contribute to, you know, uh, more steady or stable floor price. But, you know, what I'm getting from this conversation about staking for crypto citizens is that it's not about that. It's more about rewarding holders through, you know, taking action and interacting with the community, which I think is awesome. I, it, it makes so much more sense. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And like, I, I totally understand the supply side argument. The thing that the London collection drop has taught me is that if we solve for demand, the supply figures itself out. And if we can continue to make crypto citizens have awesome utility, access to generative drops, in-person galleries, thriving communities in local cities, it, we won't need to take more citizens off the market to artificially improve the floor price because people will want to purchase these things and there's some scarce amount of them. I would love to see the bottoms up analysis of like how many citizens would have to come off the market for, yeah, it just, it's, it's interesting, yeah. I see Lori's hand up. Going back um, to your point, um, what you were talking about, Phil, I was just thinking that, um, well, by holding the token, um, you reduce the liquid supply and thereby it, this drives the price up. And the price is, of course, relevant in terms of revenue. So that may be the answer to your question. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And maybe there is some amount there. You know, I'm I'm slightly being persuaded. Uh, I will I will think on this, and I will try to write a convincing um, explanation of my rationale here. Brocker, maybe maybe you got something there. And Lori, that's a great point. Thank you, Max. Did you want to add to that? Oh yeah, just just quickly. I mean, also if the the solution is non custodial, like you were talking about, and it's relatively easy to kind of stake in and stake out, that seems like. And I, Phil, I also read your thread, and the one that's pinned at the top, I, I highly recommend that to pretty much everybody here. But if it is easy enough to do and to stake, I don't see why someone would hold and not stake or kind of hold. And if they're going to stick around, then why would they not participate? And I, I personally am of the opinion that people will opt into these things and then kind of continue to see the value over time. That's just my, my thought. Mm -hmm. I agree. Staking passively just doesn't sound like it aligns at all with the crypto citizen values either, just in the sense that like we want to be rewarding behavior such as voting and participating in our giveaways and being active in the community. And like if you're able to earn rewards just by holding for a long time or putting your citizen in this contract for a long time, then I don't think that really aligns properly with what our goals are. And kind of arguing against myself here, um, there are people that have, have held Venetian since the very beginning, like shout out Max, right? And you probably received some crazy offers along the way. And giving people tokens just for holding is one way of saying thank you for like continuing to have faith in the project and not selling during those offers. And like the, you know, the trust that this community will continue to drive value over time above and beyond what it would, you know, get to you for exiting. Um, I wonder if there is a way to do that, which is not based on like time spent locked in contract. I, I don't know. Um, and if, if we can entirely, you know, calculate that value based on on-chain actions, not just holding, that would be my preference, but that's one of the reasons we're starting this conversation early because we have 4,000 you know, amazing minds in the community. So I see we have a couple of hands up. 
Yeah, Lori. Um, well, I was also thinking, uh, given this topic about, um, I don't know if you've heard the last, the, late, the latest excitement about Salva and tokens, and uh, well, they could also be used as uh, incentive, more like a status incentive to reward these people that have been in the community since the very beginning and then uh, that are participating in several ways without it being a coin itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about Soulbound Tokens. One thing we've talked about, and this was a few months ago before the spec was kind of in the state it is now, you know, one thing we can do at Bright Moments that other purely digital NFT projects can't do is verify humans. Like we've met pretty much everyone that's come through our doors and we can guarantee that people are actually people and not bots. And it would be really amazing if everyone that came to a Bright Moments gallery got a Soulbound Token that's like proof of being a human. Um, and you can combine that in really interesting ways, which is like suddenly like, okay, if you have a citizen and a soulbound token, we know that you're an individual person and you can get merch or you can get a free GA ticket. So it, it you know, prevents people from spamming systems that, you know, we've seen the issues with Twitter and spam bots and things like that. Uh, I, I love this idea. I think like as a membership card, it's really, really interesting and it could, you know, prevent some uh, potential like I, I don't there there are there are a lot of flaws in digital systems that are downstream of not knowing who's a person and who's a robot yeah i think that's actually a great idea i mean there are uh, huge security issues right now and uh, i feel like that uh, would be one of the use cases to solve uh, these security issues and also like how uh, the mistrust that some people have when it comes to uh, web3 I, I hope you do that. It would be great to have my Salvan token of minting in person. Yes, proof of proof of bright moments. That, that's that's an awesome idea. Like you come to a bright moments gallery to prove that you're a person, and then other projects use that token if they want to authentic, like authenticate real humans on their platform. That is a super rad concept. I think it is a super rad concept. Also, um, the it's like I agree with all of these things. Um, IRL minting is amazing, and I agree there's so many benefits, uh, making friends and connections, and just like being there and experiencing it. But on the other hand, um, there are a lot of people who just like can't can't travel that much um, mm. for so many different reasons. And so I'm also just thinking about them. Like, I don't want to, like, I, I, I mean, even people, there's people who don't have the money, but there's also like people with kids who can't travel with their young kids and, um, or maybe they have a, um, a disability or something that makes it hard for them to travel or they can't enter a certain country for some certain reason because of their visa status and their passports. So, um, you know, a lot of U.S. citizens are able to enter enter countries really easily, but other people from different countries have like you'd be surprised how hard it is to travel when you have a certain kind of passport. So these are all just things like I agree with all this stuff, and also there's other things to keep in mind as well. Those are all great points. Mm -hmm. the, the takeaway that I'm getting is like offer ways to benefit from a rewards program, both online and in person, and don't make it one or the other. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Frederico, I saw your hand uh, a while ago. Did you have something that you wanted to add? 
Yeah, well, it was it was touching a little bit of that. I think I, if we start like developing like too many layers, you know, it could get uh, confusing and, and, and more complicated when it comes to the allocation of the token. And, uh, you know, it might disincentivize, uh, you know, new people that are joining. I think, uh, you know, probably the best way, you know, to me, it will be a way that's kind of clear and uh, uniformly like, you know, kind of streamlined. It's like, and, and, and then, you know, it's, it's really clear to people and especially for the newcomers and people that participate in, in, in the community and in real life minting should be a priority. At the same time, uh, we gotta get uh, our Venice gallery up. Uh, that should be also a priority. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, so I, a couple a couple points there. I just pinned a tweet to the top. One of the terms that we use internally is uh, having a low floor but a high ceiling. And not floor is in floor price, but floor is in like w the context that you need to understand the system. Like on day one, you should be able to log into you know the Bright Moments portal and understand at a glance that you have you know X tokens or X points, and it should be really basic. But it should also be possible for people that are really invested in the system to continue, you know, uh, to use an analogy like playing the game and continuing to have ways to earn tokens and level up and participate at higher and higher levels. This is very easy to say and very hard to do. And that's why we're trying to start with a very limited number of things at first that earn tokens and expand that list over time because our project's already really confusing, right? You go on OpenSea and you see like 4,000 tokens out of 10,000 and you join the Discord and it feels like everybody's speaking a different language and there's like a bunch of pictures of parties. Like you're really confused about what's going on. Um, and so we're definitely aware of complexity. Amicia is like our resident guys keep it simple advisor she on every single call she's like please keep this simple stop nerding out like let's make it you know easy to understand so phil um, i think i think also uh, yeah one of the first conversations no, we had about staking was about we come across many people who have been able to be super supportive of our community but perhaps miss the minting in that city uh, and want to join the Bright Moments ecosystem, but can't afford to buy a citizen for one ETH. And I don't know if you put more thought into it, but like, is it this could also be an opportunity for people to enter the Bright Moments crypto citizen ecosystem without having to put up one Ethereum to try to buy one? Totally, totally. And I, I'm going to break my no nerd rule here for a minute and, and walk you through like one way we could possibly do that. Um, Let's use Berlin as an example, right? Like the Berlin sub-DAO is up and running and maybe say there's 10 amazing people in the ecosystem. Some of them have crypto citizens, some of them don't. What the sub-DAO could do is say, we're looking for a grant of 2000 citizen tokens and people in Berlin can essentially like choose people to receive those tokens and the sub-DAO would match them. So, you know, let's say that Blue Moon is an emerging NFT artist and she puts forward like a proposal that she wants to, you know, do a show um, and I could pledge one citizen token. Um, you, we could use this, this mechanism called quadratic funding to essentially say for every one token that someone in the community pledges to Blue Moon, the sub-DAO will match 10 tokens or 100 tokens. And so you can do ways to incentivize people to do projects in the community that sort of aligns with what you're talking about which is now okay all of a sudden they have rewards tokens it makes it easier for them to get in on drops they're they're part of the bright moments ecosystem without necessarily needing to get one of these very limited 10,000 nfts i'm really excited about it i'll maybe share that written down because 
there's some nuance, but yes, definitely. That's one I'm definitely going to have to hear more than once to just like let that fully sink in. But that sounds really cool. And I'm seeing in the Bright Moments Crypto Citizens chat that, uh, that yes, this is very complex. Uh, simple is almost always better. So um, if anybody else has any uh, input that you want to give, maybe you're on desktop or you're not able to come up to the stage, go ahead and contribute in the Crypto Citizens ch- channel in the Bright Moments Discord. But uh, MaxYZ, did I see your hand up a, a bit ago? Yeah, another kind of question or thought, I guess. Um a lot of people have their citizens and especially if they're collecting art from the drops tucked away on hardware wallets, they don't want to touch them. Um, have you thought about that going forward with staking kind of contract interaction, things like that? So I could definitely handle this. I think best practice is always, you know, your most valuable NFTs, either keep them in a Gnosis or some type of like cold hard wallet uh, solution where you never interacting with contracts on that wallet, etc. I think that eventually we could set up some type of delicate system so that you can do this all from a hot wallet while still retaining ownership in your cold wallet. I'm going to have to think through how that would actually work on an implementation level, but that would definitely be super preferable. I think as of now, the spec that I currently have been writing or programming, it would be a direct contract interaction from the wallet that holds the citizens. But yeah, I would, I would probably have to think about that more of how that's technically possible. Yeah, not, not to put you on the spot or anything. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to... want it to be as secure as possible. What were you going to say, Phil? Oh, nothing. I There's a great thread, obviously that 6529 has about this which are like the different ways to claim airdrops and you know one is if you can just sign a message from your cold wallet doesn't need to be a contract interaction you can like you said delegate a hot wallet to act on your behalf this is something that is a best practice i think that a lot of projects are picking up on but like i would personally not be comfortable using my hardware wallet to interact with a contract for sure you know even even open you see stuff happen oh yeah, yeah absolutely Okay, if anybody else has any more questions, feel free to come up and request. We're here to answer your questions. Mostly, what do you think about staking? What do you think the benefits of staking should be? I do have one question, though. Are we going to be able to buy tokens with other cryptocurrencies? It's a great question. Brocker, you want to take that one? Yeah, I think this is tricky. Um, most of the messaging that I've seen regarding others, you know, staking NFT projects is always the token that is being issued is always equal to one of that token in the liquidity pool, um, whether it's an ETH, wrapped ETH, or whatever the case is, um, is typically set by an external third party. So I don't think we would be setting a liquidity pool for this. It would be totally community driven. Um, and these tokens would be utilized in the ecosystem in various ways to make it you know, for burning tokens, for participating in airdrops, etc. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the way I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, I'm also thinking that if you were if one was able to pay for tokens, then essentially they would also be able to pay for you know um, putting the line, let's say, if you want to put it that way, for a um, a token drop or something like that. So I think rewarding for uh, engagement on the platform or just in in the community is probably that's the way to to keep it i like that a lot i think that people should be able to participate regardless of if they hold or not um with this this model but 
I it gets kind of tricky because like in one aspect we're trying to directly incentivize holders for doing specific actions if we opened it up with say liquidity pool where you could just swap eth or whatever i think it opens up a whole new you know basket of worms or whatever um that i don't know if i fully understand the complexities of that yet um i'd be curious to see what you guys think about that i, I think once a token's out there there's a price even if the price isn't very obvious like once you open this up it is going to exist and you know i think our stance as a core team is we are not going to provide a liquidity pool like what ens did was when they did their token drop they went out and they got i don't know the number it had a bunch of zeros after it of basically counterparty funding to set up a liquidity pool because from day one they intended for their token to be able to be exchange and you know the the core team necessarily didn't set it up on exchanges the exchanges lifted listed of themselves but like many erc20 tokens are dropped with the intention of it being like a exit event or a liquidity event for holders i think in our case we want people to think about this token as a utility token within the ecosystem that allows you to get access to certain things yeah this this is one of those areas where there is like if if someone wants to buy you know ten thousand citizen tokens, if you can find enough people to sell those to you, even if they're on a liquidity pool, people that are really really dedicated are going to do it anyway. So th- th- it definitely is not without downsides. And in crypto, you always have to be aware of the failure mode of like people with a lot of money can just buy things. That is one of the downsides of having an open and uncensorable financial system. I mean, what I want to say is clearly there are so many elements and layers that need to be discussed when it comes to staking and just how that fits into the crypto citizen ecosystem. And so this space was, you know, just our first sort of temp check to, you know, get the audience familiar with what we're thinking and hear other people's thoughts. But over the next couple of weeks, we plan on having more spaces like this, where we sort of cover topics regarding staking and listen to what the community has to say. So on Friday, we're going to be having another space similar to this, but we dive a little bit more into the nitty gritty as this was started as a more general chat, but it as you can see, it spiraled pretty quickly. But it's just really nice to sort of build this cadence of hearing from the audience and continuing to put things out there on the Crypto Citizens Twitter for you all to sort of give us your feedback. And Mies, before we wrap, I just want to address something from that Frederico mentioned, which is the, the Venice Gallery. Um, I'm actually mm-hmm. dialing in from the Venice Gallery right now. And it's I think this is it's related to staking insofar as like we are trying to continue to do web three native behaviors um the plan with venice here is to get the sub dow up and running our core team is spread really thin right now we're getting ready for london we're preparing for nft nyc and right now i think myself and amicia maybe dole are the only people that are based out of la everyone else is either in new york or across the atlantic in london and so what we want to do is copy the model that worked in berlin and set up a sub dow here in venice to, to try to take over some of the community events um i think august or september is realistic for this the sub dow selection process is is somewhat time intensive it's really important that we get it right we also want to coincide it with the return of the you know recovered venetians but we are trying to work on multiple things in parallel and you know just as food for thought like I'm like, you know, maybe as a topic for the next space, how do the sub DAOs and the, and the staking tokens work together? Are there activities that are local to Berlin or local to Venice that are ways to earn rewards that are distinct from kind of the global bright moments brand? 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the answer to that, but I'm, I'd be curious to hear uh, maybe for next time. Yeah, let's think about that. A lot of things to think about. I'm going to post a little recap with a few bullet points that we all can sort of sit on before our next base on Friday. Um, Federico, thanks for bringing that up, though. And Phil, I appreciate that. We're going to start to come up with a process again for how we can implement that in Venice, which we're really excited about. Um, But yeah, thank you for joining today. And I hope you all enjoyed. We will see you again on Friday. Yeah, and before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, to the Bright Moments team for just uh, bringing us all together to talk about this and just always thinking about how to provide value to the community and also, you know, like see what we can do with this amazing technology and, um, you know, where, where can we take this? And I'm super, super excited. So thank you so much for um, all of the work that you guys are doing. Thanks, Blue Moon. We appreciate your help. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys.